Welcome back, Heming Brainiacs, to the Hemingway List podcast to wrap up War and Peace. This is a wrap-up episode. I'm uh, going to discuss chapter 12 first, then we'll discuss the whole book and our thoughts now that we've finished it. Uh, maybe throw in a few B analogies and then that's it. That's it for a year of War and Peace. Of course, I'll still be doing my daily readings. I'll be moving back over to the Hemingway list to continue the journey over there, so you're welcome to join us there. Or you can hang out for a few days and then read War and Peace again, starting on January 1st. I think there's another cohort coming in to do it on Jan 1st, so there are plenty of people who just read the book over and over every year, one chapter per day, on a loop. Brian E. Denton comes to mind. I think he might have done it five times in a row or six times in a row, something crazy like that. You could try a different translation or a different English translation. There's plenty of different versions of it in English. But anyway, that's my plan. Jumping over to read Budden Brooks starting on January 1st over on the Hemingway list. Budden Brooks by Thomas Mann. I know nothing about the book. I found out today that it is quite long. It'll probably take us half a year to read it, one chapter per day. So that's cool. Uh, I will be starting it on January 1st, so we've got three days. I don't want to stop my daily readings, though, so what I'm going to do is uh, just get the ball rolling over on the Hemingway list with some daily reads of just poetry or very short pieces, maybe very short stories. Um, Something, you know, I want to chill out for a little bit. I want to do some shorter episodes just for a few days. Um, And come January 1st, we'll get stuck into Buttonbrook's gives you a few days as well to get your copy of the book ready uh it's a little bit harder to find you can find it for free online and there's a link to that over on the hemingway list um but otherwise it might be worth you know popping into the bookshop and grabbing a copy so all right let's wrap this up shall we epilogue 2 chapter 12 In order to define the laws of history, we must admit that humans do not possess free will. This is my understanding of Tolstoy's concluding argument. Do you agree? Are you satisfied with this ending? Do you feel it is anticlimactic? Now that we have finished, did you enjoy the book? And what are your marks out of ten? Such a a blunt question. Marks out of ten. And I love it. It's, It's a good question, but I don't think it is that meaningful because I reckon your favourite book might not necessarily be the book that you give the most marks out of 10 if you know what I mean sometimes you just love a book for what it is to you and you love it's your favourite book in the world even though you might only give it a 7 and for me I think War and Peace is something like that like all this experience we've had together all the community we've built around the book and the journey of reading it one chapter per day and letting it spread itself out over a whole year and you live through the book um to me it moves it up into you know my one of my favorite books it's it's one of my favorite reading experiences is war and peace but having said that there are books that i would certainly give more marks out of 10 so what would I give War and Peace? Seven comes to mind. Seven out of ten. Maybe eight. 
7.5. I'm going to go 7.5 out of 10. That's a pretty good score. On a good day, I'd say 8, you know. Uh, and certainly the chapters that I love, especially like, you know, the first half of the book, I would give a 9. Uh, the second half of the book, I might give a 7. So, something like that, you know. And then the final epilogue of the book, that's pulling the score right back down. That's that's really pumping the brakes on the score. All things considered, though, it is one of my favorite books. Congratulations, everybody, on getting this far. I'll read a few comments now, um, but I just wanted to say congratulations before I before I do. Um, it's been a real pleasure going on this journey with you all, and I appreciate your company every day. After this, I'm immediately going to jump back to the Hemingway list after this podcast and do the first podcast to get the ball rolling over there again. So if you're keen, about, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes after this podcast goes up, the next episode will go up, which will be whatever piece we decide to start with over there. Stephen Foxbat says, A lot of people are complaining about the discourse and the character development. I think they should try to focus on the value of what they're reading. If you want an entertaining novel like sweet, likeable characters and stuff you like the sound of, you should probably read David Nichols or something. There's plenty of that out there. And it's great. I took on this project to understand a bit about Russia and a period of history and to develop a habit of persistence and consistency. I didn't know what the themes would be. I think it's important to be open-minded and charitable when contemplating an opus of thought. Also, as has been pointed out, remember the context it was written in and take a holistic point of view. The book has flaws, but they are not its failure to entertain. It really is a vintage piece of literature. Like anything of that nature, you have to take the rough with the smooth. What you then get is threads of something special that cannot be found anywhere else. Like a classic car or wine, you can use modern methods to make something that better fulfills the brief. But you're kidding yourself if you've come to the thing thinking you know what you want. It's the ethereal element that discovers you that makes it special. You don't drive a Ferrari GT250 for its reliability or speed. By the way, the truest example of this je ne sois qui is individual personality, hence art being a human expression and hence the limitation of AI. I never found a flow within this book, but some of the descriptions were flashes of crystal reality. Reading Tolstoy has this effect on me. I remember the penultimate chapter of Anna Karenina felt like genius, but then immediately I couldn't quite say why. Quality is rare. I don't begrudge the effort. That said, 7 out of 10. <laughs> well said. Thanks for that, Stephen Foxbat. A good summary. Um, I feel like, yeah, with so much classic literature, especially of this kind of age and older, they are so imperfect. You know, you think because they're classics that they're these beacons of perfection that writers should strive towards and that they're absolutely flawless. And then you read them and you see how messy they are you know some of them just seem like drafts of novels or i don't know it's really quite strange and i feel like people like hemingway and around that era were the first to write a novel which is 
so finely tuned from start to finish to really just have a smooth ride through a whole novel with no lapses in quality from start to finish. A book like Tolstoy is so human though because you can see when the writer was having a good or a bad day sometimes. You can see when his style is stronger than other times. You can see where he loses sight of you know, a thread that he was on a few chapters ago and then it, it just seems like on a different day he's completely forgotten about that and he's writing about something else. Uh, Rahul the Invader says, Part of the enhanced experience also has to be the comments on this group and the well-crafted medium posts by Brian Denton. For me, the experience is 10, and t- 10 out of 10 and the book overall is maybe an 8 out of 10. That's a good way to say it, you know. The experience of doing War and Peace, especially like how we've been doing it, is just about as good as the reading experience gets. You know, we've built a community, we've talked about it, we've, I don't know, let it be part of our lives. That's really cool. The book, yeah, 8 out of 10. I respect that as a rating. Brian E. Denton, by the way, if you weren't reading along with his posts, his daily musings, they're brilliant. Um, So... If you didn't, maybe one day, if you ever uh, revisit the novel, you can uh, read along with Brian E. Denton. Acoustic Eel says, Ander, I appreciate you rereading the last line for us. I always do that when I finish a book, reread the last line or paragraph out loud, pretending I'm an audiobook narrator. I really want to feel whatever feeling the author is going for in the last moment, soak in it, soak in it for as long as I can. Granted, there wasn't much feeling in this ending, but I appreciate it nonetheless. P.S. He should have called it War and Bees. <laughs> um, yeah, I just kind of did that uh, naturally, you know, as an impulse to reread that final line because it just feels like after so much re- writing, he's going to have to wrap it up with something meaningful. But then, was it? You know, was there a whole lot of meaning wrapped up in that final line? It just kind of, it's pretty forgettable. Someone said today it's uh, renowned as the book with the best first chapter and the worst last chapter. And I reckon that's pretty accurate. Rybread Egg says, we did it. We have finished. First shout out to the moderators who led the discussions and kept it lively. Next big shout out to everyone that commented and upvoted and was involved as much as they could be. It truly makes a world of difference. Would not have finished the book if it was not if it was a dead subreddit. Big thank you to everyone. I set off to accomplish this lofty goal and have arrived at the finish line, and congrats to everyone who has made it to the end. Questions. Uh, In order to define the laws of history, uh, the thing about free will, do you agree? Um, Rybred Egg says, nope. I believe we have free will. Yeah, me too. Without a doubt, the worst ending I have read in a book before in my life. Terrible doesn't begin to describe how bad I actually feel the ending was. Yeah. Alright. I would agree. I like the peace parts, says Rye Egg. There are some scenes that will be forever burned in my brain. For instance, the bear scene in the beginning. Those storylines were fun. When we would be on stings of the peace parts, I look forward to the daily chapter. Now on to the grinding part, with the peace and war parts being 50-50, I would give it a 6 out of 10. Then the ending happened. 
I now rate War and Peace a 3.5 out of 10. I did not enjoy it. If I didn't set off to actually finish this, come hell or high water, would have did not finished a long time ago. Too many analogies, long-winded, too much war. I hated the philosophy parts, thought it was half-baked ideas. The fake-outs of death got old and predictable. I'm not satisfied with closure to the endings of the characters. Felt that it was super choppy. I will not recommend this book to anyone. Well, I take that back, I would say. For anyone with commitment problems or wants to show the ability to commitment, read this book over the course of a year and then put it on your dating profile. (laughs) Um, Not trying to be brutal with it. I can appreciate people that enjoy the book. Totally not for me, though. Well, still pat yourself on the back then. With all that being said, you know, you stuck with it. So that's that's a pretty good achievement. Twisted Everyway says, we did it. I posted a wrap-up post and would love to know your final thoughts. The ending was extremely anticlimactic. I'm sad we left our characters behind so many chapters ago and just wrapped up with Tolstoy's rambling thoughts on philosophy. Um, let me jump over to the other thread here. There's a more general thread about just the book, not so much about the final chapter. Waiting for Leah says, Overall, I loved the peace part and hated the war part. Three stars from me. I'm not sure if that's three stars out of five or out of ten. Um, you know what I would say about that? Having been my second read of the book, I liked the peace parts more than the war parts the first time around, but I would definitely say that there's some moments during the war parts that are really standout moments of the book. There are some great war parts. There is also a lot of war logistics in the war parts, and I don't like that. But the second time around, I definitely liked the balance more. You know, I wasn't just waiting to get back to the peace parts. I was also anticipating the really awesome war scenes that come up. Twisted Everyway says, I think my favourite character was Natasha. I really liked Dolokhov as a villain, and I wish we heard what happened to him. The war parts were rough for me, and I really liked all the social commentary of the peace chapters. All in all, I'm glad I read it, as it was on my bucket list forever, but it's certainly not one of my favourites, and I can't see myself ever reading it again. Um... Rybredic says, I would have preferred a book of just Pierre called The Chronicles of Pierre. Uh, Everyone else is an extra, only told through Pierre's perspective. 1,000 plus pages of The Adventures of Pierre would have been pure bliss. Yeah, that would be good. You know, I kind of feel like that was what the novel was meant to be. Wasn't it meant to be like a whole thing about Pierre becoming a Decemberist? And then instead of writing that, Tolstoy wrote almost like a prequel leading up to the point where... Pierre becomes a Decemberist. Um, So you can almost think of the whole thing as a prequel to a book about Pierre that never happened. (laughs) Ah, so. Mixed feelings about the book. I love the book. That's my uh, perspective on it. 
I'm so happy to sort of have made the book part of my life and I've dug into it a lot more than probably most people you know I do the podcast I started doing the translation which I do intend to finish one day Ah, I've read it twice now to all you fine people so I don't know I feel a sense of like I don't know it's like a nostalgia or a little bit of sadness that it that, that it's you know those characters are now I'm not going to see them for a while that's what it feels like like they've I've gone away from home one day I'll revisit them but yeah there's also a few things that kind of never get resolved or never not that they don't get resolved like Dolokhov what happens to Dolokhov that's one good example another one is like Maya's relationship with the pilgrims you feel like that's going to kind of remain a part of her life like it's such an important aspect of her and that never really follows up um there's a few little things like that but overall i think you get pretty good closure on the characters anyway i feel like i'm just rambling now um (laughs) fdlp one says this life is like honeycomb sometimes sweet sometimes sticky quite often both I think uh, it's only fitting to end on a good old B metaphor so thanks for that FDLP one and thank you guys all for for listening along it's been awesome taking this journey with you I feel like I'm forgetting something like there should be something I say before I wrap this up but I guess that's it I guess we're done that's a year of war and peace complete happy new year to you all Stay safe. Hopefully I'll see you over at the Hemingway list. And uh, thanks for listening.